live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. Now I'll bring in our guest who's sitting next to me, Kevin Flack from Downrange Supplements and Downrange Excursions. He's done a, an awful lot for his fellow veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And kind of Kevin, just give us a quick rundown of, of your history yeah. and what you're doing today. Yeah, well, th- thanks for having me, Pat, Jeff, guys. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to sit down and chop it up with you guys. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we, we work uh, primarily, we target the, the veteran and first responder market in terms of the supplement company and the nonprofit was the precursor to that, which we started back in 2015. Um, and the whole premise is to promote healthy, active, alternative uh, methods to help combat veterans and first responders alike mitigate service-related issues, right? Um, release natural endorphins through physical activity, grounding and collecting themselves through wilderness therapy, kayaking, just camping out in the grass, hiking, right? Um, all those things, controlling cortisol levels and helping mitigate depression. Um, through proper diet and nutrition. And, and that's where the supplementation and physical fitness part um, comes into the supplement company. Um, but these are all, all methods that have been used for an extremely long time, but they just haven't been prevalent in today's society because keeping people sick is return business, right? So we're, 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 we're in the business with downrange supplements and excursions to promote healthy and active lifestyle with high quality products in terms to, liter- to be able to literally give back um, to our first responder military demographics, not only representing them on the supplement side, um, but providing a platform for them to both both those demographics to come together and and learn how to actively mitigate um, these symptoms to continue to be productive in in their communities and and in their families alike. Right. And it almost sounds like he knows what he's talking about because he does. And you know, a little bit I, I know a little bit of his history. And uh, how, many, how many years have we known each other now, probably? Oh, man, um, since about 2013, 14. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I've known him for a while. And we started talking several years ago, as he just mentioned. But, you know, Kevin's been through a little bit himself. You can tell him, you know, about that, you know, some of the injuries that you've had. And, yeah, and I, moving forward, where you can relate to a lot of what these guys are dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I was in about eight years. I served with the 10th Mountain Division. I was an infantry squad leader by the time I, I got out of the service. Um, but I, I'm 100% rated out now, combat post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, um, some other service-related issues. When I first got out, you know, I went to school, was doing the student veteran stuff, was trying to reintegrate, be a father. Um, and I was also contracting as a family assistant specialist for the Guard Bureau. I was trying to learn um, what was going on with me. That's why I was going to school for psychology at the time. I actually ended up, throughout that process, started having a lot of struggles with, with my service-related issues. Obviously, moving to the Quad Cities, too, where I don't have you know, a, a real network aside from the child that I'm supposed to be raising um, to, to to learn about or reintegrate properly. Um, so I ended up in the St. Clavier Medical Center for about three months for treatment for PTSD and TBI. Um, I left there. This And this is the beginning of the journey that that caused me to really open up and, and was the catalyst, right, to, to downrange excursions and supplements. Um, you know, the VA has phenomenal facilities and resources, right? They're, they're federally funded. Um, they can always get better at things. Um, there's, there's people there that, that are not preventative, which, which I am preventative. And there's people there, um, that, that are like a factory line that just want to get you in and out, you know, and they, they treat with pills. Um, but I don't want to take away from the good people at the VA and what they're trying to do. Um, so they symptom analyze and treat, and that's unfortunate when it comes to the combat post-traumatic stress, because it's a parasympathetic nervous system issue, right? It's not a chemical imbalance. So, when, when you start treating something that's that's uh, your fight or flight system, your response has been hardwired, right? So it's offset. And that's really what what you see with PTSD. Um, but it's but it's not a chemical imbalance. And the VA treats a lot with like isitalopram or other types of serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, that that are meant to level out chemical imbalances. But when you give a veteran, um, you know, a medication meant to level out chemical imbalances for an issue that has nothing to do with the chemical imbalance, mm. right? You're going to create one, i.e. leading to degradation of quality of life. And you wonder why we're looking at 22 suicides a day. Um, we need to be going toward methods that are, that are healthy and active. And that, that over time, you know, human nature hasn't changed. Human beings haven't changed. This is, this is, that's what medicine should be. 
is naturally allowing the body to heal itself and not putting man-made drugs in yourself. Um, so anyway, when I was up at the VA, I ended up leaving. I call it the PTSD bundle. Um, it's a Talipram, Prozosin, Gabapentin, um, um, Ultram. I mean, just and, and the list goes on and on. When I left and I was no longer in that controlled environment, I saw an extreme decline very quickly um, in my overall mental on those medications. You know, I wouldn't remember why I went from upstairs to downstairs. I, I realized that I really needed to make a change. Um, and that's when I, I adopted, I, I started going back to what I knew from being on the infantry line. So I adopted a structured routine, right? I just, I got rid of everything cold turkey. It really sucked. It was, it was hard. I don't recommend it. Titrate, do things the proper way, right? Um, but, but I was in a hard spot and, and I was going one way or the other. So I needed to make a decision. Um, so I started waking up every morning, you know, 4 a.m. You, you structure yourself, you start working out, you slowly get back into it and, and, and release those endorphins. You, you become self-aware, you, you become real self-aware. You understand what, what triggers you, what heightens those, those symptoms or issues. So the music I listen to, if I'm not working out, I'm not pumped up and I'm just going about my day-to-day -day business, I want to listen to reggae or something calm, cool, or collective. If I'm in the gym, five-finger death punches, you know, 100% okay and I'm all over it. Um, you know, that'll be my go-to. But but understanding what what external stimulus heightened those responses to your service related issues is also, you know, self-awareness, period, is detrimental to mitigating these symptoms um, naturally. So once I got on that structural st structured schedule, started working out, I started I obviously got rid of the booze, got rid of the medication. Um, I started doing proper nutrition diet. Um, I got linked up with individuals who are like minded doing the same things. Um, and I still have struggles. That's never going to change. We're all going to have struggles. Um, you know, there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. But when you're not self-medicating, when you're not on traditional medications with modern medicine. Um, when, and, and not on booze. And not on booze. <laughs> and, and when you're when you're actively engaging in your own self-awareness and health, um, you, you start to understand that these symptoms, like when I still go through my depression bouts or I still go through my anxiety bouts, right? It's never going to go away but I can learn to live with it in a productive manner and mitigate it. And, and over time, slowly kind of retrain my central nervous system. So, so you are, you know, over time you can, you can almost get rid of PTSD, but it's, but it's, it's understanding and being self-aware. Um, and it's not easy. It's not a pill, right? It's not a quick fix. Um, so all these things and finding that that really worked for me and obviously going out kayaking, uh, going out hiking, you know, I grew up on Whidbey Island in Washington state is where I was originally from. So those are things that I grew up doing. Um, so once I started engaging in those activities again, coupled with proper diet and nutrition, um, I saw a dramatic change in my ability um, just just to navigate the civilian world, be around other people, um, you know, mit mitigate negative responses to external stimulus that shouldn't, you know, heighten my response. But it's going to just just because you're reintegrating, you're coming from, you know, a structured environment. You know, my, my formidable years were in the military on the active duty line. Um, so it's going to be hard, you know, to, to translate that thought process and all those things to, to the civilian world to be productive in the community without being looked at in a negative manner because PTSD and, and wartime is so stigmatized, right? Those service-related issues are stigmatized within the society. So I want to break down real quick the, yeah. because I know people who have tried to get off the SSRIs and have real serious issues uh, with the cold turkey thing. So you got off how many cold turkey at one time? Oh, it had, let's see, Prozosin, Gabapentin, Altram, um, Lorazepam. Um, oh, my goodness. There's more, too. Uh, there's at least a few more. Probably so six. Six, six. Six or seven, yeah. Safely. Probably six so or you seven. you did that all cold turkey? All cold turkey. And um, and how the, long did it take you to get through it, and what were your... You know, what was going through your mind? What was your body doing and all those things? Uh, so when I first started getting off those medications, cold turkey, it sucked. It was it was at least two two weeks, maybe even three, to be honest with you. Okay. Heart palpitations, cold sweats, not sleeping at night. Um, it's like your body goes through the shock process because these drugs are no longer in your system. Right. And the majority of the drugs that they give you, right, like SSRIs, are meant to build up in your system. They're meant to build up through your system or, or antipsychotics or other things that they used to treat these service related issues are meant to build up in your system. So then then when you get off on cold turkey, that's why a lot of people go to high school or to a hospital, sorry, or to inpatient programs to titrate off these meds. You know, unfortunately, modern doctors don't really like to, to see you titrate off of what they prescribe. 
right? Or what the VA prescribed because they don't want it to go out of insurance. You're compliance. breaking, you're breaking free, bro. Yeah, break. Right. I'm breaking free. I'm breaking free. I'm taking the chains off. It's like <laughs> It's it's, uh, but, it's it's the big Indian and one flew over the cuckoo's nest, leaving <laughs> leaving the, leaving the building. But, but it was yeah, it was easily you know two to three weeks of embracing the suck, and that's what you got to do. It's it's hard. It's not easy. I still struggle every day. I still struggle every day. Some days are great too, and, and some days are horrible. You know, some days I still don't want to get out of bed, but I don't have a choice. And you pull yourself out of bed, you make it happen because you're setting a stand a standard, you're setting an example, and you're setting a precedence for other people to follow by. Right. Right. Because the way that the way what the way we don't live on the memories of our brothers and sisters who have made the ultimate sacrifice, I haven't done shit. Okay, in, in the grand scheme of things, and and more or anything else, I haven't, I haven't done nothing. But the way we live on the memories of our brothers and sisters is by actively engaging in our health after we leave service and being the best parents that we can be, having the best lives that we can have, being the best community members that we can be. Because that shows who we are, the experiences we had, what how they formed us. And, and, and it sets a precedence that, you know, PTSD or TBI or service-related issues, and just because people go to war or do things to, to make this country free doesn't mean they need to be in a cage the rest of their lives afterwards or be put on severe antipsychotics or medications afterwards. Jeff, go ahead. No, that's heavy, man. That's heavy. And, I mean, not in any way to, to minimize – I mean, you're talking about PTSD, which is huge, but I think something you brought up is really – at the crux of like self-defense and self-care and that's self-awareness. You can't fix a problem unless you're aware that there is a problem, whether it's, like I said, mental, spiritual, psychological, your relationships, being aware of things that aren't, don't, don't, aren't lending itself to your higher self. There there has to be at at the root of that, a certain level of self-awareness to start, like you said, mitigating certain things that either trigger you or are toxic for you. Again, at at the root, I think of a a lot of these conversations we're going to be having is something you mentioned, which is self-awareness. Absolutely. Right. And, and so that's the tagline of, of our nonprofit is healthy mind, healthy life. Right. You take care of your body. You take care of your mind. You keep your mind healthy. You're going to have a healthy life. You're going to be more productive. And again, that doesn't mean there's not going to be good days or bad days. And then that correlates just just like you were saying, Jeff, that correlates right into our supplement company and the standard we want to, to set with that. Right. You know, downrange supplements is a method to, to create high quality products that, that that's ran by a combat veteran owned and operated um, group, um, but also supporting a combat veteran, you know, owned and operated nonprofit giving back to our community and continually improve your fighting position is the tagline there. And and when we say continually improve your fighting position, right, obviously we do stuff with the pro fight community. No, we support Sean, we support Colton, we support Ryan, yeah. you know, Pat, we love you, brother. Um, but continue to improve your fighting position. That's what correlates to physically, emotionally, mentally. You're continually improving your fighting position, your position in life at all times and your ability to execute, whether that's on the mats, whether that's on the range, whether that's downrange or whether that's just being a parent and yeah. being a productive person and getting yourself to, to a better a better place in life, period, to be more proactive. Right. Because it's all in the eye of the beholder. It's, you know, not everyone's got to be a pro athlete or not everyone's got to be an operator. Not everyone's got to have combat experience. It's what are you doing just to better yourself, to make sure you, your best foot's forward every morning. You're setting that example for your kids. You're set, more importantly, setting that example for the community and society in general so as we can start promoting, you know, healthy mind, body um, um, methods and techniques just overall, right? Right. That's yeah, a, the, that's the thing that we see, you know, it's, it's hard for Americans because they're bombarded with a lot of information, commercials and things about products that, you know, don't solve health issues. And so, you know, downrange supplements and, and some other supplement companies, downrange is the only veteran owned one that I support. Uh, but, you know, people understanding how to improve their health, how to clean their body out, how to clean their cells throughout their entire body, reset their gut bacteria, all those different things, you know, you've got to have your health to be able to move forward in all those ranges of, of self-defense that you want to. It starts with your health, right? No, no, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and if you're not maintaining, you know, proper health, proper nutrition, uh, a proper structured routine, um, more importantly for people struggling with service-related issues or, or any health conditions that doesn't need to be serviced, um, but just just generally, people that might not have mental health issues, um, but but then just continually staying on top of that stuff on a, on a daily basis is, is, is extremely important. Extremely important yeah. today. Yeah, yeah I mean, ahead, yeah, maintaining like that's kind of what screwed up so many people like with COVID 
in regardless of the routines, whether it was going to like AA meetings or whatever it was, they're struggling with. They wound up fucking up their their routine, and, and you know, you guys know not only veteran suicides every twenty two seconds, like the number of the people of domestic violence, emergency room visits, suicides went through the roof because people's routine got screwed up. I mean, that that, that was well, yeah, overdoses, all kinds, all of, of stuff. it, man. And it's so preventable, you know, Jeff. And that never made sense to me because. You're, you're talking about a virus that has a 97% survival rate, right? 99.7. But, but, yeah, what a, what a ridiculously high. And, yes. and I get it. You know, we should all be cautious. We should we, we should we should all be aware of people that have immune deficiency. Whatever. Wash your hands. Personal care. I understand. I get that. Um, but but six, six months. Comes six, down to terrain, though. Yeah. The, 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 I don't want to get this because not to interrupt you, but, no, you're good. you know, there's germ theory and there's terrain theory, right? They, they, again. We hear out of the news folks and, you know, all the folks at the health departments and all of this saying, yeah, disinfect your hands, wash down everything, you know, stay away from people, all this other stuff. And then out of the other side of their mouth, they'll say, well, people that are obese and have, you know, comorbidities are extra, you know, vulnerable to these types of things like the flu and other things like that. So what they're saying is actually it's the terrain that the germs and the bacteria and the viruses land on. Um, you know, will dictate, you know, how your chances are going to be. So ultimately it comes down to immune system and being healthy, working out, eating right, taking proper supplementation, right? Absolutely. And and the thing you got to realize here, and again, that's, you know, this big pharma in our society in general, you know, keeping people sick is return business, right? You get get someone healthy, they're not, they're not coming back. Um, But as unfortunate it is to go, go back to the point, you know, when people were, were in quarantine and it messed up their routines, Jeff, six months, six months of social isolation causes high blood pressure, diabetes, hypertension, depression. Th- these are all scientific facts in modern medicine journals, right? So these same people that want you inside confined and restricted, right? So you don't die from this 99% survivable virus are giving you a much higher probability of actually becoming sick. And and actually degrading your immune system because now you're isolated from everyone else and everything too, right? Um, and, and all the depression and everything else, you're, you're going to have a higher probability of coming out of quarantine and way worse health. Well, and even and even what they were doing with the kids. I mean, granted, this yeah. is kind of a throwback to our old show, Pat, but might as well just keep it 100. What they were doing with the kids <laughs> in schools, like now it's like you know, with the, between the masks and the six feet apart, and you can't eat lunch at the table with your friends. Now it's like, oops. We kind of dropped the ball on, you know, the protocols as far as how it went with kids. In my opinion, they knew what the fuck they were doing. Absolutely. And then, like hindsight, they're acting like hindsight's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, if we had only known, like you said, we know about what isolation does to people. You know, whether it's physiological, like you said, from a mental standpoint or from a physical standpoint, high blood pressure, yeah, diabetes, etc. Damage alone is severe. I mean, it's it's affected a lot of people. It it affected me quite a bit, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm a person that was out doing broadcasts almost every week around large crowds, you know, traveling, all that sort of stuff. And then suddenly being locked in the house and not being able to go to my favorite restaurants and all that sort of stuff and um, hang out with my friends because everything else was closed down. It was, it was, it was a bit ridiculous, but I'm going to shift gears here in terms of now that we've talked about health, psychological, mental, spiritual, all of that, you know, I want to talk a little bit about actual physical self-defense, obviously, because you're a combat veteran, you know, and we've got an awful lot of Americans that are concealed carry, um, and, you know, I've always said, you know, humans are the only animal that don't know how to defend themselves that aren't born with self-defense instincts from birth, where every other animal, I mean, a, a little puppy wolf will bite your ass if you go around it, right? Yeah. They're just born with self-defense instincts. Yeah. So you have to be taught. And, you know, what are your thoughts on people who go out and get a concealed carry with the minimum qualifications, uh, don't learn how to even keep the weapon, don't do any self, you know, self-defense empty hand self-defense, you know, again, you know, all of those things that are going on. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you, you need to be continually improving your fighting position in life, period, right? So the biggest thing, and you look up statistics, back when I was in college, I actually did a paper on gun laws. Um, and, and it was actually shown that the majority of accidental shootings were, were in homes with, with children who had not been educated on the firearms or educated on the process. So you have a parent, right, that shows your kid the gun and says, hey, it's here, don't touch it. Now it's a forbidden fruit. You're not teaching them anything about it. You're, you're not giving them instruction, but it's a child. So now that child wants to know why it's so important to mom or dad. Why is this thing so cool? Now it's like a shiny object. 
don't press the button, right? The kid wants to press the button. Yeah, don't spill your milk, though. Spill right? It. Now, now, now the child's grabbing the gun. Next thing you know, they're shooting themselves because they didn't know. They weren't educated, right? So education in anything is key. Sure. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Education in anything is key. Knowledge is power. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance causes costs lives. It, complacency costs lives, right? right. Um, so in my opinion, you, you should individuals, you should absolutely have your second amendment, right? You, sh you should be training yourself and maintaining some sort, um, you know, of an, an instructional integrity in terms of your knowledge base on weapons, firearms, hand-to-hand -hand combat, going to training with guys like you, right? Guys like Ryan or Sean, whatever the case may be. Um, but it's imperative that, that people be teaching their children, teaching themselves, even the most basic, you know, handgun classes or self-defense classes to be able to protect themselves and their families because cr criminals aren't going to stop being criminals. OK, just because you tell a criminal he can't have a gun because he's a felon, he's not going to stop carrying a gun. And, and if you make it harder for law abiding citizens or people are scared, you know, to, to carry guns or protect themselves, you're now becoming a victim. There's no sense in making yourself a victim right. when you don't need to be. It doesn't mean go out there and, and be one of those guys. It's imprinting with you. I hate imprinters, man. Concealed carries, you know, to make sure wear a nice tight shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing a big old handgun. Yeah. You know, that's the first target I'm looking for if I am a criminal. Because yeah. I'm going to say that guy's armed. I need to take out that threat before anyone else, right? If I'm going to rob this place. Yeah, same thing with open carry. Why would you let the criminal know you're carrying a gun? Because you're going to be the first person they're going to sneak up on yeah. and shoot before they start doing what they're doing, you know? So that makes perfect sense, yeah. Well, but, as, it, the point, also, as it relates, is, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's it's absolutely imperative to maintain education. You don't have to like guns. You don't have to agree with guns. Yes, I understand people. There's bad people sometimes that use guns, but that doesn't make guns bad. They can serve a purpose from self-sustaining food, right, and, and giving you sustainment um, to protecting your family, your life, liberty, and your property. So it's imperative to have knowledge about those things. They're not going anywhere. So Well, if, if only swords existed right now, and that was the most dangerous weapon, I would, hope more brutal. I would hope that citizens would be able to carry swords, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, that <laughs> only makes sense. If if the bad guys can carry guns, I, <laughs> I, I should be able to protect myself. That's just, you know, common sense. And they are, you know, it's in middle school, sixth grade in woodshop, learning how to run a bandsaw, um, yeah. you know, and, and other power power tools that are that can chop your hand off uh, in a blink of an eye. So why shouldn't you teach? There's a dangerous end and a safe end to everything. Of course. Well, and like you said, going back to, to training like anything else, you just don't you don't get a driver's license without some measure of training how to drive a car. And I was curious, um, the role, I mean, in, in training, because I think a lot of people, not a lot, but many people are freaked out about guns, even though like, oh, I want one, but it just, there's that, that fear element. What role do you think, not only just training, but like muscle memory has, so when like, if if you've never been faced with something or trained on it, you're like, oh fuck, what do I kind of what do I do as opposed to being placed in the most simulated real life experiences and then having that muscle memory to to know exactly what to do or you know whatever training and protocols involved with firearm self defense. The the role of muscle memory is my question. That that knowledge knowledge is power, man. You absolutely need muscle memory, right? Slow is smooth, smooth is fast, and that's 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 it in anything creating muscle memory from a self defense or from a tactical standpoint, right? So like, and and I'm no one special. Again, let me reiterate that I went through infantry training, did all that stuff, you know. But we go out to um, you know OP6 Alpha or do uh, military mount training, you know, or CQM and CQB, and you do highs and lows, rolling tees, um, you know different button hooks, different methods, fire team formations and movements, but you do them. Oh, we go out there for two weeks at a time and you do the same movement over and over and over and over and over and over again, because you're creating muscle memory. So then when your body is put in a situation, right, where that fighter or flight, fighter was flight, fighter was fight or re flight response mode comes in. Sorry, guys, uh, too much pre-workout this morning <laughs> comes, in, comes in. Your body can naturally react because it's already conditioned, right? In, in terms of the, the the muscle memory and the motor skills needed for that at next action, because you've gone through it over and over and over. So a way to do that, right, as, as a civilian or as just a regular citizen, um, bettering themselves or continually improving their fighting position at home, there's tons of things that you can do in terms of small arms. You know, go go get one of those dry fire lasers. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Sit at home. Sit at home and just practice bringing that up, out, out, up, out, firing, understanding where your safety is, understanding where, you know, if, if you have a standard thumb safety, if you have, you know, a beaver tail and a trigger safety, so because it's made more for self-defense, you know, so you're, you're meant, you know, you're meant to fire that weapon when you're handling and those, it. And those can be Bluetooth into your laptop and yeah. it will tell you 
how accurate your shooting was and things like that. Cool. Absolutely. So, so you can, you can completely, you know, they have those kits that, that they make and you can completely basically make your weapon safe. You can, they even make bolts. You can switch out in M4s, all kinds of stuff, man. Um, so, so there's, there's no way you can do anything wrong, but dry fire, dry fire, go through the motions, dry fire that weapon, put, you know, practice putting rounds on target. And when I say rounds on target, you know, it's a laser, right? Um, but they make little, 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 uh, targets too. Where, where it'll tell you where you're hitting and those lasers will come back and read and you can read it through your laptop. There's right. all kinds of stuff, wow. but absolutely. The, the point is, is there's a tons of, of methods and techniques um, that you can utilize um, to learn proper small arms handling, right? right. Um, and proper small arms execution um, in terms of self-defense that, that you can purchase, you know, at any firearm shop or online. Right. And basically, I mean, obviously the safety is the most important thing to constantly practice and, and reiterate with people, but, you know, just the simple things like finding cover, you know, is so important when it comes to bullets are flying around. And then what's what's the backdrop? If, if there's a bad guy shooting, what's behind it, right? Yep. So that's things that a lot of people just don't think about. Understanding and cops have to, And cops have to deal with that and soldiers as well, yep. right, in certain uh, scenarios where, you know, there's there's innocent people around, and, but the bad guy doesn't care. They're indiscriminately yeah. spreading bullets. So there's a lot of stuff that can get involved in that to complicate the situation, right? Well, yeah, and that's that's where situational awareness comes in, right? Like when we were downrange, they would have uh, you'd have to have PID. There was different levels of PID, right? Positive identification. So like when I first went to, to Iraq, we were, it was like 51% uh, PID or something like that, um, and then you know it could be 60% PID. So so for you to be able to fire back, right? So and that's taken into account, like you're talking about civilians, everything else surrounding the area, hearts and minds, guys. So okay, you're getting shot at. Where are you getting shot at from? Can you see the weapon in the person's hands? Where are the bullets going in what direction? So the, the level of information you need to go through a, an escalation of force in order to return fire for that PID level is just dependent, right? If it's 50% PID or something, okay, there's a guy shooting at us over there. Return fire, right? You know, if it's some ridiculously restricted level, you know, you might basically be having to just be taking rounds for a while until you identify everyone and their targets and their surroundings. But before a higher up will allow you to return fire. Well, it was yeah, I've talked to a lot of guys. Yeah, like that where they you know, the rule of rules of engagement were ridiculous where, you know, OK, we know they're bad guys. We can see they're coming through with a bunch of camels and they've got a ton tons of ammo, RPGs, all kinds of crazy stuff that they're they're bringing in. And they got to get out there and, and do a tap dance and stuff to get them to shoot at them before they <laughs> shoot back at them. It's crazy. But uh, I was going to bring up, too, you know, when you came back and had to deal with a lot of because the selfless acts that you witnessed and probably obviously took part in and looking out for your buddies that are you know, your, your combat, you know, your combat buddies to your left and right. And then you come back to a civilian society that is kind of cutthroat, to say the least and very selfish selfish-minded and a lot driven by a lot of ego i mean that's got to be something for for veterans when they come back after combat and going wow wow so so i think that's got a, one of the biggest struggles and and you know this this is why i love so siak troxel siak retired troxel yeah colton siak troxel's huge with this too but i love that guy because it, it you know it's it's the same same premise the enlisted take corporate takeover right is what he calls it us working with him and colton um, and it's it, and he understands that these enlisted personnel and this mindset and this drive that the military can teach you at its most fundamental and basic you know form creates leaders um, and it creates people who are driven who understand embracing the suck and understand moving with a purpose and execution but it's a different model than what civilian corporations and the civilian society uses in terms of communication. So with all that being said, the feelings, a lot of feelings, feelings yeah, great. not black and white, right? Real gray. So one of the biggest struggles I have, which led to, to me being in St. Cloud, and I'm sure the majority of veterans have, um, that's a lot of is that communication. So when I got out and I, I started contracting as a family assistance specialist for the Illinois Guard Bureau, um, I, I was, you know, I was doing soldier and family readiness, you know, casework, you know, someone might come in and have an issue. We find a resolution and a resource to that issue, implement a tentative plan of action to take steps to make sure that problem doesn't happen again for that soldier, that family. But then you have those people coming in with the same issues again and again. Active duty and, and, and the reserves and guard are two completely different beasts. Um, so my thought process, right, is very black and white and, and active duty line oriented. So I'd be like, no, I'm not helping. 
you know, we, we, we went through these courses of action. Um, you know, we got you the help you need. We talked about what you needed to do for this to not happen again. And it still occurred, which means you're not heeding that advice or those warnings. At that point, you're now enabling people. You're not helping people. It's about giving a hand up, not a handout. Right. Um, and, and so, so that was understood to me, but then, you know, I was told, nope, you need to help them. Nope. You need to help. Them. No, I'm enabling these people at that point. Right. Well, Mr. Flack, you're, you're too crash. You're too abrasive. You're too explosive. You're too explosive in my communication styles. So it's, it's not, I'm, I'm not personalizing it. It's not me attacking anybody. That's just the way I was taught to communicate. That's why my NCOERs were good when I was in the military. Right. Because my effective communication style and techniques and stuff like that, different things, but, but it's moving with a purpose. So here's the problem. Here's the solutions. Here's contingency plans to those solutions. Let's execute. But now in the civilian world, so, so that's the military frame of mind, right? Very clear, concise, right and left limits, move with a purpose, execute, go. Then you get to the civilian purpose. Uh, all right, Jan, I, I know you'd like to do it this way, but I think we can do it a much better way, even though your way's great. So you need to explain it almost in the civilian, you know, corporate market world like this, um, or people take severe offense to how you're trying to execute and move. Thus the Does, creation of the HR department. Thus the creation of the HR department. Um, but, but I actually just did with uh, Marsha McClellan um, in Assurance um, with, with a couple other people that keynoted about um, mental health and, and awareness and veterans in the workplace. And, and that was where I had a huge struggle was just trying to, you know, going from being praised for the way I would execute on tasks and things in the military to basically being called crass and abrasive and explosive when I got out, it's a dis- it was a disconnect for me because I'm like, I don't get it. I wake up er- earlier than everybody. I go to bed later than everybody. I put in more work than everybody. I'm trying to lead by example like I was taught to be an NCO. Right. And, and you guys are attacking me for trying to execute, telling me I need to to not do so much. You're telling me, you know, d- don't, 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 don't be driven. Don't don't be driven. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it another is it another form of of needing and requiring a certain level of situational awareness once again? Because one environment necessitates more of a rigid approach and the other one not so much, but still still attempting to get results, but just using a different methodology. No, absolutely. And here's here's the thing. You know, as as combat veterans and being taught to we also have the ability to adapt, right? Right. To adapt and overcome. Um, some of us, some of us, some of us, <laughs> but, but yes, we, we should absolutely be aware that we're, it doesn't make it any easier, Jeff. We should absolutely be aware that we're going into a completely different, um, you know, rank and file structure, different execution, you know, style, different communication style and techniques. Um, but I think there needs to be awareness on both ends. We, we need to be aware of the fact that we, we are coming out with, with experiences, um, and, and, and world values that are not understand by the majority of the civilian population stateside, right? So it changes your priorities. It changes your vision. It changes your views and what's important stateside and, and, and how you prioritize things, right? Um, and it doesn't make you any better or any worse. But I, I, I will say that, yes, as, as, as combat veterans, um, we, we do need to be aware that there is going to be that transition, um, that we can't expect them to completely accommodate us. That's absolutely asinine. Um, but I think finding a common ground, and this is what I was talking about with Marshall McClellan, like, you know, having um, orientations, like all corporate officers do orientations and stuff like that. Do orientations. You don't call out the veterans in the office and you don't call out the civilians in the office, but you talk about, hey, you know, if, if you guys, if there's combat veterans in the office, please understand these individuals have a tendency to communicate more in this type of method and technique. And, and we understand you're more used to this method and technique and vice versa, right? So you're, ed- again, edu- we're back to education, guys. We're back to education, right? Education is key no matter what you do. So understanding both sides of the fence and trying to find that middle ground. And, and you can adapt and do that because we can't expect them to accommodate us. But... Uh, you know, from my experiences, I've could, I could have done a lot better. Uh, but from my experiences, we we also um, we also need to expect them to have some level of appreciation for our drive, for our want and need to to be goal and solution oriented instead of problem oriented, right? So it's it's finding that middle ground to make those two worlds meet. Right. And I and I and, and I think it's through orientation within those corporations, right? Getting both those groups together and, and creating awareness. 
Um, but but it's just going to be over time too. It's just going to be over time as as veterans continue to reintegrate. All things are time, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, knowledge, understanding, whatever it is. And and I think as we grow as a country, as we grow as people, as we grow as human beings, we'll, we'll learn to transition these things better. You know, as we move on. And, and humans are easily conditioned, no matter what, right? So For sure. you're coming you're coming from you know years of of combat experience and and you know doing things a certain way, and then we've got. You know, a lot of people are being conditioned in in public school systems and universities that it's all about feelings, right? It's all about not hurting people's feelings. And that, look, the real world when it comes to business, uh, you're going to get your feelings hurt. That's just the way it is. I mean, people will rob you blind if you don't pay attention. Um, I've certainly have. I've been taken to the cleaners by people who have a ton of business experience, and when I wasn't paying attention, and that's just the way it is. Did it hurt my feelings? Yeah. Did I want to go do something? Sure, I did. <laughs> But, oh God, but, Felix Pat. But ultimately, <laughs> but ultimately, it's I think, you know, people have to pay attention to the deal that um, you, you just. The best way to put it is we've got to quit catering to the lowest common denominator in the room. We should expect those people to step it up and raise their level, their level of consciousness, their level of physical performance, their level of mental clarity. You know, all these different things. Because when I teach law enforcement seminars, for instance. I will just say uh, myself or, you know, my, my former uh, business partner, Don, we would just tell them that we're not going to give you a certificate if you can't perform this stuff because you have to go back and teach the rest of the officers. We want to know that you can actually do the stuff we're teaching you and you have to be able to teach it. So we're going to do this until everyone gets it, period, end of story. And make it very clear to them and then they would understand you're not going to you're going to do this. Yeah, we, we need to get away from that. Everyone gets a trophy mentality. Yeah, sure. yeah. Right. And, and, and I agree, you know, you know, to say that, to, and I don't want to, to bring, it's just an example, but I don't want to bring up, well, I mean, I'm going to, but, but like COVID issues again, right? Like individuals who weren't the best of health, but I'd see, you know, somebody who's extremely obese smoking a cigarette out of the side of their mask while walking into McDonald's. Okay. While, while yelling at, well, while yelling at somebody yeah. for not washing their hands or masking up themselves. What were you doing at the McDonald's? Uh, I don't <laughs> You can still see him walking in, but I, I always found that deliciously ironic too. Like people who were clearly not Mister or Mrs. Goodbody, like you said, double, triple masking, smoking, and then like clearly health isn't a fucking priority for you. What what are we doing here? What are we doing? Yeah, but but to to to, to pigtail or to dovetail into what Pat was talking about, um, you know, uh, catering to the lowest common denominator. Right. That's what we can't be doing. So it's your right. If you want to wear a mask, put a bubble on. If, if you want to live a certain way, as long as you're not hurting other people in the society or the community, whatever your race, religion, sex is, doesn't matter. I don't care if you're gay, straight, Mormon, Islam, what doesn't matter. None of that matters. But you can't expect other people, you can't force other people to adopt your beliefs and adopt your moral and ethical values and standards because they just might not have the same. And it doesn't right. make them wrong. And it doesn't make them different. The thing that makes America great from the beginning is we're a melting pot. We removed ourselves from a monarchy. So we so we didn't have micromanaging. We, we created the land of the free, right? So every race, religion, creed could live here without fear of prosecution, regardless of anything else. So we all need to get back to learning how to agree to disagree. You know, it doesn't matter. Well, just also, I think all it comes down to is... Um, the individual is the most important. Mm -hmm. Whatever, if, if, if 340 million people in this country want to do something and that one person doesn't, doesn't agree with it, and doesn't that's, want to take part, that's, right. that's their right. That's well, all I care about is one individual. And, and that's a part of the social conditioning we're seeing now in social engineering, that the individual is being frowned upon more and more, and it's all about the collective and groups. And, of course, they take these groups, divide people into groups, and then play those groups off against each other, and the individuals just kind of get just lost in the wash. And it almost becomes like, I don't know, a bad thing to have individual thought and not be prescribed to some necessarily group mentality or group think. It's well, like, in, 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 I guess, um, something that, you know, uh, one of our common friends, Jake Priest, pointed out, he said, you know, the good thing about the different thing about Americans is <clears throat> where they will in high stress situations in combat will have to make decisions without you know, asking their higher ups, you know, yep. what do we do here? 
if your life's in danger, you just act and make decisions and do what you got to do, where a lot of other um, cultures won't do that in military standards. Mm. Right. And so yeah. a lot of basically that thought process carried over to civilian life and individual rights is is where we should really be putting our our sense towards. Right, sure. if you don't, yeah. If you don't carry on that thought process. Right. And you take the individual the individual thought process away to bring constructive criticism, to bring different viewpoints into things, and you shut down with this cult-like um, group mentality, that's what creates socialism. That's what creates micromanaging systems. That's what it does, right? Because now these like-minded individuals, as that grows, you're not willing to look at anything else. You're tunnel vision completely. So if, if you're out, you're out, or if you're in, you're in, and that, that just, it creates a volatile situation. Sure. Period. Questioning your beliefs every day. Yep. That's what it comes down to. Right, Jeff? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, we're seeing it play out right in front of us with, you know, yeah, it's it's next level. But, I mean, you know, we sh- we can't allow the individual to be demonized in lieu of, like I said, the herd mentality. It's just it's just not a non-player. Um, right. I don't know how much longer we have, but I wanted to bring something up to you going back to the beginning of this conversation because Pat and I had an awesome opportunity on another uh, broadcast called Everything Combat where we talked to a guy by the name of uh, Micah Fink former uh, U.S. Navy SEAL, and started a program where he was having returning veterans with PTSD work with, like, wild Mustangs. And you had mentioned something in the beginning, whether it was kayaking, hiking, grounding yourself, which is, you know, walking around barefoot. But the common denominator in that is being in nature. How important... I mean, obviously, Micah, you know, was hands down, was like, dude, this is changing people's lives. But there's that interacting with nature aspect of it how important and how, how powerful and speak to that the role of nature in not even just ptsd just fucking remaining sane after a hard day at work you know what i mean T- shutting the phone off shutting the tv off go for a hike kind of thing what's the role nature has played for you and yeah overall nature's the role of nature well i mean so to start off keep this in mind outward bound has been doing wilderness therapy since the 1940s if they've been doing wilderness therapy since the 1940s, there's a reason for it. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it's removing external stimulus from the body and it's important for anybody to reset. So your body, it, it's not natural for it to have TVs going constantly, to have cell phones connected to it constantly, to see lights right at the intersections constantly. Mm. All these things are inundating your body with external stimulus, which heightens your response to it, your anxiety, um, your sleep patterns, your ability to reach REM, all these things. When people leave mm. TVs on at night, nine times out of 10, your body is not going to reach natural REM sleep because of that static and everything in the background is keeping your mind, your subconscious mind stimulated, right? So you're not hitting REM sleep. Um, so the ability to remove all those external stimulus to reset is extremely imperative. Um, so going out to nature, when you're putting down your cell phone for a little bit, when you're getting getting rid of those, those stop signs, when you're getting rid of just the daily grind, motorists, cars, um, carcinogens that are within a metro area, right? And you're breathing cleaner air, um, all those noises and sounds and things that your body's trying to process and, and, and articulate and everything else, whether you have issues or not, right? You remove all that. It allows your body to really come down to center. It allows you to have a different perspective and mindset, right? So like when, when I was going through the worst of, of family courts because of my, my tactical training and time and service and PTSD, um, the, what I what I learned was taking off and, you know, I go to the DNR site and I pick the water trail map out. You know, I'd figure out where I needed a portage, where the natural wildlife areas are, like a primitive camp. I, I grabbed a gallon of water and 550 it to my kayak, you know, got my service dogs food in there. I had tuna fish packets, just healthy. So my, my food intake was minimal over those five days, right? So now my body's thinking about the most basic things, concentrating on the next step what I need to do, surviving sustenance, everything else with those external stimulus removed. It's almost like a legitimate reset. Your, your body's getting this completely different and, and, and new intake of vitamin D, of nutrients, of, of, of nature and beauty. And, and, and getting dirty. And getting dirty. Yeah. But, but it legitimately allows your mind and body to do you know, two or three days in the world, even, you know, even a few hours, even if, cause people have busy schedules, but even getting out on a bike ride, you know, even Absolutely. getting out on a bike ride and putting nature sounds in or going to a quieter places is, is going to help on, on the most basic level. Um, you know, and again, 
Outward Bound's been doing this since the 40s, so that doesn't need to change. You know, the excursions we've been doing um, since 2015, and, and not only has it helped me, but it, it's helped countless other veterans in the Quad Cities. And and Mike, I mean, look at guys like Mike. He's Mike Brayman's a perfect example. He's a command, a former commander for the Iowa State VFW. Yeah, I was going to bring him up. Yeah, we went went on a we went on a two day um, you know fishing excursion. Uh, you know, Mike had adopted, you know, he's so busy and doing the VFW does so many phenomenal things for veterans um, in the state of Iowa, but he was so inundated and overwhelmed that his health really got out of control. Right. His, his ability to, to nutrition, take nutritional um, advice and, and eat properly. Putting and, everybody's and, welfare ahead of his. Ahead of his. Absolutely. Um, so we went out and he reset in those two days. So we, we were fishing him and Pat were catching fish. We did a little look, got, got him through a couple little sections of whitewater camped overnight and it reset his thought process that that overnight and those two days completely reset his thought process mm -hmm. and he went right back into a productive um health and fitness routine and i mean he's doing phenomenal he's down like 20 pounds 25. set up a gym in his yeah set up a gym in his garage, in his yeah. garage. He's, wow he's down 25 pounds but but staying healthy and engaging you know that and and being out there yeah it changes lives and yes it's real um, you know, nature therapy is real. Wilderness therapy is real. Grounding is real. Um, there, there's all these powers and things moving around the universe at any given time, right? You know, from from electrons that are moving through the earth and the crust and everything else shifting. This this all goes somewhere. It's all energy and it's all positive energy that our bodies can be using naturally to help mitigate symptoms, help reset your thought process and, and really just help you be a better person. Yeah, I mean, we're so, like you said, we're so busy, man, and the human body is very resilient. We can run the engine in the red for a long time, but it's just some people, I mean, I don't know, just aren't aware necessarily of how powerful and how simple something like a, a bike ride or, or a walk or a hike or an overnight camping trip, even in such a short period of time, because like you said, man, we're so inundated with all this freaking Wi-Fi and like even just lights and all the all the external stimuli you talk about. And just being able to just have that shut off without necessarily going into like a sensory deprivation chamber, but just like even just stargazing at night and just the silence of nature. I mean, it's for me personally, years ago, man, I went on a couple of my boys, like a month long camping trip, essentially out west, Utah, Colorado, Arizona. I didn't see a city for freaking almost a month and it was all just completely detached. And I coming towards the end of it, I was like, obviously sad because I had to come back to the world, but I felt different, dude. There was something absolutely different that happened to me being just completely, this is before cell phones were so ubiquitous, but I, just from my own testimony, dude, that shit is absolutely real. That's why I love getting out. I'm super busy, but I can't do it as much as I want, but no, you're absolutely right, man. Nature and being immersed in nature and cutting ourselves off from all that external stimuli is absolutely powerful, man. Yep. And, and it gives you perspective, right? Yeah, it gives you a ridiculous amount of perspective. So things that you're doing on a day to day basis, spending money on unnecessary things, putting yourself in financial hardship, um, making poor health decisions, yep. just and, and that just gave me your month trip, Jeff, that, that's a perfect example, that that's enough time to legitimately be able to stand back and say, wow, I don't need these things. I'm out here living right now and it's, and it's, it's a, it's completely different. And I feel great. I don't need to do a, B, C, D, and E. All I need is, is E and F. That's all I need. And all during I that, during that. that time, I actually, not that it, it was kind of whatever, it was cool. I happened to pick up uh, Bruce Lee's book, the Dao Jeet Kune Do, the way of the intercepting fist. And obviously it talks about fighting styles, but it was the spiritual life application that I was able to glean from that was just powerful. I mean, there was so many just different lessons as I'm out in the bush and completely disconnecting. I'm that at least providing a reset, but this this book and getting these these insights spiritually was was huge, man. I I mean I just can't I can't it's ineffable. I can't really describe what it did for me, but it was absolutely amazing, man. So just anybody listening to this, you know, it's powerful, man. Take a walk. Shut shut off. Leave the phone at home. My mom sleeps with the TV on. I can only imagine. She's been doing it for years. I can only imagine how shitty she's been sleeping for so long. But no, that's absolutely true. Having that external stimuli while you're sleeping is just, it interrupts, like you said, your REM cycles. Yeah. So, uh, well, before we sign off, why don't you tell us about uh, your brand new your brand new product? Oh, yeah. Down, downrange supplements, guys. So, we got a ton of great products. Um, but basically, the, the whole premise is, is we've created a brand of high-quality supplements, right, that can legitimately represent the, the military and first responder demographic. Um, nothing's on the DOD banned substance list. Everything's going to be conducive to mission effectiveness. 
Um, and, and on the back of all of our products, you'll see how it supports downrange excursions. Um, and when, when it gives us the ability to support our nonprofit, um, it also gives us the, the ability to support um, other organizations like the VFW and the Combat Veterans Motorcycle Association do co-opted things with them because um, that's really what we're about. You know, the two primary owners of our company, there's four of us, but the two primary ones, myself and Wade Whiting, we're both 100 percent service connected combat vets. We both have full pensions. We do this to give back. We, we, we do this to set a standard, to set a precedence. Um, so they know, you know, military men and women in uniform know that we're legitimately here for them. We want to see them live healthier, active lives. And we want to see that. We want to lead by example and see that trickle down. Um, and we've, we've got a ton of great products for them. You know, Refit's one of the ones we actually launched because of Pat um, and, and the phenomenal things he's done with humic fulvic acid. Um, you know, mind, body, farm to table, man. I mean, just everything you've done on that. And I mean, you, you helped us put together a product because of, of what you've done there on the health side. Um, so we have a, you know, a greens, humic fulvic with a full multivitamin. Um, you know, we've got single use hydration sticks, um, which have patented anti-inflammatory storm. We have, we obviously have our pre-workouts um, and we have all the best proteins on the market, baby, from banana hammock to tropical vanilla to chocolate <laughs> bomb. Um, and, you know, if you're drinking, you're drinking those atomic coffee protein smoothies, that's all tropical vanilla. That's atomic coffee's exclusive protein right there. So. Um, you're taking downrange every day, whether it's Davenport, Rock Island, or Bettendorf. Um, you're, you're, you're getting some downrange subs. But, yeah, high quality. we got more great stuff coming out. You know, we're working um, with some great companies right now to, to get the products into the, the PXs and the exchanges. Um, but we're trying to keep it primarily with combat veteran-owned retailers right now um, because it's the brand of the troops, by troops. That's, that's what we're about. And we, we don't want to degrade the exclusivity of the brand. Um, by bringing it anywhere else. Um, GovX too, guys. So GovX, you can go on GovX, has all downrange subs products for sale, um, and they'll vet your military IDs, first responder IDs right there, and you can purchase all your downrange subs products directly through GovX as well. Um, but, yeah, it's you know we, we've been doing some great things there, and, and downrange is really, really helping us create a model um, to continue to generate unrestricted revenue to, to give back, to do something good. And we've got an event coming up. Oh yeah, yep. November November twelfth. So we're gonna do a uh, at the uh, VFW um, in Des Moines, right? Yep. The VFW, the Beaverdale Post. Yeah, we're gonna yep. be doing a, a fight night there. We're gonna be having uh, donations. Folks can come and and watch some great fights and donate for for uh, hot wings and and fries and food. Yep. And, <laughs> um, you know, if if that's what they want to have, and of course there'll be beverages there for everybody. And so we're gonna get a bunch of people together for a good cause, raise money for, for veterans groups and uh, have a good time. So Kevin, I wanted to say thank you for joining us, buddy. Absolutely. Always, Always appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. And Jeff, you want to take us away? Yeah, no, I just thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it, man. I mean, just hearing your story. I mean, you hear this, the cycle, if you will, of, of these guys getting overprescribed stuff. And, you know, obviously you went through what you went through. So I appreciate you doing what you're doing to help hopefully break some of that cycle of, of some of your veterans who've come home and had issues and hopefully find a, a healthier way to adapt and reintegrate into society, man. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. That, that it's, it's all of us working together to accomplish a, you know, a like-minded goal. So Sweet. It's, it's all of us collectively that does it. And we're, I mean, obviously it's for veterans and first responders. What is the link or the website for, for downrange? Um, so, so if you, if you're interested in the nonprofit side, um, if you're in the Midwest or, or the Quad City area, go to downrangeexcursions.org. Um, you can check out our website there. It's on Facebook and Instagram, too. Um, we got, we'll have the event posted. Pat's got coming up. Um, we are going to do a pheasant hunt, a veteran pheasant, pheasant hunt coming up here um, in the Des Moines area. I was actually talking to Mike Brayman about that last night. Um, so you'll be able to see that stuff if you have an honorable discharge, DD-214, um, or first responder credentials. Um, you, can, you can attend these trips for free. This, this is for you guys. Um, and then if you're interested in supporting that through physical fitness um, and through downrange supplements, you can go to downrangesups.com. Uh, um, we ship worldwide. APOEs and FPOAPs as well are included. Um, and you can also subscribe for discounted re-ups and, and the whole nine. So um, downrangesups.com or downrangeexcursions.org. Sweet. Well, champ, it's been a good one. I dug it. Appreciate your time, Champ. Appreciate your time, Kevin. And uh, until next time, guys, peace and so much love. Respect.